Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where I sit down and have some bamboo rum and read some articles. Because oh. that's how tonight's rolling. I'm Cecil Xavier, your host. We are just going to chill out tonight, have a nice, intimate reading, a nice, nice little forbidden conversation. <laughs> As you're going to tell, I'm all alone. So I have just uh, been chilling out here. I've actually been watching some Modern Family because oh, I keep seeing these, keep seeing these like TikToks or little short videos of them. They're little scenes of different, I'm assuming different parts of different seasons. And uh, I was always like, ah, huh. and I, I remember the, the lead guy and I'm forgetting the actor's name, but the, the lead guy, the father, uh, the one with like ADHD or whatever. He, uh, I, I remember him from Day of the Dead. I think that was it. There was a remake of Day of the Day of the Dead where he was, God, he was like a, I don't say a model, but he he almost seemed like he was. I don't know. I seemed kind of gay, but I guess then, like in one of the scenes, he's banging one of the other chicks in there, and I don't know. He, he ends up dying horrifically, but I think most people died horrifically in that show. Or that movie. I say show. Well, is it still a show, right? Are people really still, like, hung up on when you call a show a television show or a movie a show and they get all freaked out because it's not a show, it's a, a television show or something that you sit down in your couch and watch an hour-long show? You know, that's a show. I don't know. I call everything a show nowadays. I'm just getting old. Well, I mean, not getting old. I am pretty damn old. But anyway, so I was watching Modern Family. And then I started kicking over because I was reading, uh, you know, of course, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I have ADHD. I can't focus on any one thing at one time. So, of course, I'm doing three things at once. And I was playing ARC. I was watching Modern Family. And I was reading through some articles. And a game popped up in my news feed that I haven't seen in forever. And I was interested when I first read about it. Then it kind of, like, teetered off, I guess. I guess my love of... uh sea of thieves just kind of like dwindled out a little bit but i just saw another uh, another thing come back about ubisoft's skull and bones do anybody remember that one yeah like me too like i was totally whoa that's still being made i thought that was canceled finally but it's it no it wasn't canceled it was just delayed again and again and again thank you covid but there was a six minute long video that like showed some footage of like npc players mutinying and i mean it gave me it honestly it gave me a bit of hope for the game because i was really kind of stoked about it for a while and i loved sea of thieves and i love ubisoft's products and having a triple a you know company really try to nail a pirate game i mean come on let's be honest here pirates or ninjas, it's going to sell. You give me Ninja Gaiden on a pirate ship, and I'm probably going to play that game until I'm dead. But you guys probably want to know what I'm drinking. I think I already said it. Mm. I am drinking a little bamboo rum, and I put it with some Coke Zero. And this is the weirdest thing. It almost tastes like bubble gum. Because remember I was telling you, if you remember from the last episode, I forget what I mixed it with. I might have just drank it straight. Um, but I... Uh, it had like a really caramel flavor to it, like really, really sickly sweet caramel. Well, this, I don't know whether I got the ratios right or I just put way more rum in it than I normally do, but this has such a bubblegum taste to it. It really threw me for a loop because I was not expecting it at all. And all of a sudden I start chugging this thing down. I'm going, why do I, why do I taste like bazooka bubblegum? 
Sure enough, it it tastes so much like bubblegum. Yeah, the attack is, you know, it's kind of got that, that caramel sweetness to it, but then the finish is just full-on bubblegum flavor. Really wild, to be perfectly honest. Uh, state of games, state of games. What am I, what have I been playing for the last week? Let me actually look up what I've been playing for the last week. Cause I don't know. Uh, grid. We got a little bit of a racing night going here at GNA and vintage Damoc, Aaron, Zyber even, and myself went through and did a few races. And I think across a couple different nights, we're, I, I'm hoping we're going to make something regular out of it. It was fun. Um, vintage, of course, has got the full racing gear set up and, he just blew us all out of the water, but it was fun. It was definitely entertaining enough to play. Vampire Survivor, I still love that game. That game is, uh, I, Damoc showed it to me, and I think God showed it to him, and that that was just the end of it. Like, that that was just solid it. Uh, it takes so much from Castlevania. Uh, God made the comment of it's an homage to of Castlevania. No, it, it they full on robbed it. So that's a that's a definite homage. Different characters look like Alucard, Richter, um, Simon Belmont. Uh, just it, it it's really just a silly turn your brain off and play game. Like you can think about it, but you don't have to. Not to have fun, you can just kind of crank along. Uh, the only thinking really comes when you start looking at the different unlocks in it and you're like oh let me let me go try to unlock x y and z um if you play it the map in in stage three when you get stage three and there's this green arrow pointing you towards it go get the map immediately it points you to so many other things that just it makes it so much easier and the uh the hack i guess in the game or the the workaround or I don't know what you're going to call it, but anyways, if you level out, because you're only allowed to have five weapons and five, I guess, sub-weapons or secondaries or passives, whatever the hell you want to call them, well, you can get more passives because each stage seems to have passives kind of off in the side that you can go pick up just in the stage. So if you get all five of your passives already and it's not one of those ones that you pick up in the stage, you can actually go get those and have like six or seven passives, which I don't know, I think is kind of cool. You know, I have those extra passives in there. Gives you a little bit extra boost. Mm. Maybe as I'm drinking this out of a 32 ounce glass, maybe that's what's uh, that's what's causing it. I don't know. Damn that Steam Deck! When am I get my hands on my Steam Deck? I'm I'm really antsy. Like I so want. I've been watching my uh, my account or my email diligently, waiting for that email, checking junk mail. So I just I can't wait to get my hands on it. I know, and you know, I full on going into it. I know it's going to be a shit product, and I say that with love. I don't mean that's going to be a shit product. I'm going to find a reason to use it. I always do, but it's just one of those. It's going to be like I'm going to find like my little niche use for it, and there's not going to be much more than that. Uh, but I'm, that's what I'm assuming. Like I've read really good things about it. And everything looks pretty solid, but I just have the assumption that this hardware, since it's first gen, is going to be pretty rough. But I don't know. I'm pretty excited. It's uh, for for a handheld PC, and that's literally what it is. It's a handheld PC. Price point is pretty solid, and its function so far is pretty good. Levels of controls that you have are also stellar. Still not sure about those touchpads, but I'm going to get used to them. Oh, I got sidetracked there. What was I talking about? 
Nah, I forgot. Anywho. Uh, Steam, oh, Steam Deck, yeah. Like, I'm still... I, I, I really am excited for it. It's going to be... It's going to be solid. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Once I get my hands on it, at least. What else have I been playing? Uh, we jumped in Arc again. Vintage stood up a server. If you want to check it out, go ahead and jump into the Discord. And I think we've got it posted on Arky Bunker in there. We also think we also got it posted in lounge chat but i think there are actual instructions in arky bunker if you want to connect in jump in play all right i'm pretty sure it's completely open it's an unofficial server though so it's not like it's uh if you're looking for i don't know whatever you're not gonna find it unless it's unofficial uh what else has been going on in the world graphic cards prices are coming down that's a good thing i've been paying off a bunch of debts so i might uh might look at maybe build another pc here at uh, in the next couple of years that'll be nice um, I gotta admit, I didn't really have too much, too many topics set for tonight. I was just, uh, I was really just kind of expecting to sit down, chill, and just have a conversation. But, well, you know what they say, the best laid plans of mice and men always seem to go awry. Uh, what else is going on? Um, been trying out the Quest 2 a lot more. There's a paranormal activity game for it that I'm kind of interested in trying, but I'm also kind of terrified of trying at the same time. I've tried not to look anything up on it, just because I don't want anything to be ruined. And that's one of the, like the one of the painful parts. Like VR, I, th- I think yeah, I kind of I kind of I'll kind of attribute where we are now in VR is kind of like where we were in the early '90s with video games. You know, there was enough people playing them. Like there was a market for it, definitely, and people are definitely trying to put some effort into the games, but. Yeah, games are short. They're incredibly repetitive. Um, you know, even if you look at Resident Evil, the Biohazard and Resident Evil Village, that they have a VR attachment or VR segment to it, or whatever you want to say, a VR. I don't know, whatever the hell you want to call it. They have VR in the game. Um, even those, you know, they they seem very, very on rails, very limited. Like you know, that might actually be kind of fun. An on-rail shooter. I wonder if there are any VR on-rail shooters I can get for the Quest 2. That'd be kind of something to look up. I'm curious because on-rail shooters were some of the funnest, like light gun shooters, the old arcade games, Terminator 2. Um, what the hell was it called? Like Time Crisis. Just those fun on-rail shooters where you, know, you had something to do. It, it kind of brought you through a story and it was just really timing and paying attention to what was happening on the screen type of thing. But that's, a, that's definitely something in VR, something that could be workable in VR. I think very, very workable in VR, very useful. You know what, also, that kind of reminds me. I wonder if, like, can you stream VR, like, to Twitch? I, mean, I don't know how, how well that would do. Probably be super nauseating. But maybe. Maybe you could punt over there and watch that. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. Well, I think maybe I should go research that quick. So we're going to do some time travel here, and I'm going to research it. All right, so went uh, just jumped into the future here. Yeah, and it looks like they actually do stream VR on Twitch. Just watch some dude playing some rhythm game. Ironically, I stopped over at Proxy Fox's stream because he was starting his stream up. So stopped over there. It looks like he is doing a uh, digital anime character now for his avatar that he's got playing on screen, which I guess works. I uh, 
you know, I'm not going to lie. I always found those things pretty, pretty silly. You know, if you didn't have a face that you wanted to broadcast up on there, then, uh, yeah, probably shouldn't have anything up there. You know, face for radio type of thing. I don't think Proxyvox looks that bad either. So I don't even know why, why I switched over. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a bit. I'm going to go with it's a bit. Yeah. But VR is definitely being streamed on Twitch. This person, um, whatever the hell his name is, Stegliosaurus? Stegliosaurus? I don't know what the fuck his name is. Anyway, well, he's definitely was just streaming something that looked rhythm-based-ish. Um, I'm actually just watching Proxy Fox play something. Chapter 2, well, if it isn't a lightener, and this looks like it was made out of... Um, I don't know, like uh, RPG Maker, like that's what it that's what it feels like. Real, really poorly done pixel art with some really rudimentary effects. Yeah, not a hundred percent sure what exactly I'm watching, so I'm going to actually back off of that because my brain might start hurting. But yeah, Bamboo Rum is hitting a bit more now. That's uh, I guess that's a pleasant thing after today. Um. All right, I guess I got to go down the line here and read some of these news articles that I've been neglecting all day. Well, if you haven't heard, Musk is buying Twitter. Like, that's a, that's a thing. I think $44 billion. And he's going to make it a bastion for free speech. That'll be interesting. Mostly because most people don't understand the concept of what free speech actually is. They're just like, ah, I want free speech and I'm being censored. And Yeah. They don't quite understand the concept of yelling fire in a, in a crowded room. But that's all right. I, I mean, hell, yeah. I, I, I actually thought Musk was just simply buying it because there was that one dude on Twitter that was, like, tracking his private plane. You remember that? Like, he, Musk was actually, like, asking the dude, hey, stop tracking my plane or some shit like that. So I thought he was just buying Twitter simply to shut that guy up. Which would be hilarious if that's the reason he's actually buying Twitter. Uh, what else we got here? Star Wars The Old Republic finally lets you change your weapon appearance. Wow. God, I remember when I remember when Star Wars Galaxies was out and The Old Republic was talked about. Because everybody, everybody loves Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And I, I mean, if you played it, you loved it. I mean, if you, if you were a mild Star Wars fan and you played Knights of the Old Republic, public you love the damn game it was just it was that good of a game it had all the right things dragon age i think tried to follow on that i don't think dragon age really did catch what knights of the old republic really had um yeah knights of the old republic just had just something really really great just the formula and the snark well the snarky robots were always in always there in some way shape or form but knights of the old republic really just had that i don't know je ne sais quoi what does je ne sais quoi actually mean? Like, I know I've used it, and I think I'm contextually using it right, but what the hell does it actually mean? Oh, well, here it is. Je ne sais quoi. An indefinable, elusive quality, especially a pleasing one. That's, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether I'd label it as, like, indefinable. I think it's definitely definable. It's got the right mix. I mean, it was balanced. It had all the right weapons. Uh, you could change. You could get lightsabers. Which, dude, come on. Laser swords. It's really what made you watch Star Wars in the first place. Like, all the rest of that stuff. I like, I totally respect anybody who gets really deep into the lore 
and everything into Star Wars, but we all fired up that first one and got sucked in by laser swords. Like that's that's the thing that you, all the rest of the stuff that came along with it. Like, oh man, now you're really deep into it. All, all that started with laser swords. Nobody watched it and went, Han Solo. I'm gonna dig deep into his character. No, they like fired it up and they're like. I want laser swords. I'm seeing people fight with laser swords. This is amazing. And say what you want, but the the original trilogy, or sorry, the prequel trilogy, really stepped it up on on the lightsaber battles. Like, just really, really nailed it. Uh, and I just keep going back to that first, like, or like that, not that first, because that first one was with Qui Gon and and Darth Maul on the uh, on Tatooine when they were trying to escape. But that, that fight between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, like that was just a great, great fight. And I still, I'm still to this day going to fight, on, die on the hill of the conspiracy theory that Qui-Gon knew what was going to happen. Like he was sitting there on that, on that uh, you know, when those laser doors or whatever were closing, those blast shields or whatever. And Darth Maul's just sitting there, like, going back and forth, walking, and there's just Qui-Gon just kneeled down, and you can see him, like, meditating. I'm still going to die on the hill that he was sitting there meditating and was looking at the future and basically looking at everything of how it was going to play out and realized that the only way – because he was so – he was like, if you read if you read Master and Apprentice, which I believe is still canon, but if you read Master and Apprentice, he was 100%, like, really psychotically – devout to the actual um to the prophecy you know to the whole jedi jedi losing you know the bringing balance to the force and all that crap he was so dead set on that like he was like he was he was almost fanatical about that so i'm still dying on that hill of he was uh he was meditating there and knew that like yeah dude qui-gon should have been able to beat darth maul like, literally, Darth Maul, power scaling-wise, Darth Maul was, like, the weakest Sith you could possibly find. I mean, in Clone Wars, he got his ass handed to him all the time. You know, and, like, o- Obi-Wan. I mean, Obi-Wan was able to best him, what, at least three times? Once, right there in Phantom Menace. The second time was in the... Oh, shit. I want to say it was Clone Wars. And the third time was on Tatooine when he finally, like, finished him off. It was just, uh, I don't know. I don't know, I dig it. Still laser swords. I don't know, I'm digressing now. Laser swords. That's why I watch Star Wars. Laser swords. But yeah, I guess I, uh, I never really did know what je ne sais quoi actually meant, but an indefinable, elusive quality, especially a pleasing one. So I'm going to remember that. And I spelled it oh so badly, but that was kind of expected. What else we got going on here in news? Uh, Call of Duty Warzone Pacific Season 3 is now out. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, Warzone is doing pretty good. Which one's a dying? Oh, Battlefield. Battlefield 2042. What, what was the newest one? Battlefield. Oh, crap. Yeah, Battlefield 2042. That one is just, that one is just like dog. Oh, my God. I could pick up Battlefield 2042 for $2.02. That's got to be wrong. Hold on. I got to check this out. Because if I seriously could pick it up for $2.02. I mean, wasn't it going free to play? I could have swore I heard somebody saying it was going free to play. Oh, well, I, I can't I can't find anywhere it says it's going free to play. 
Oh, phew. Okay, now Battlefield 2042. It's their pre-order bonus stuff. You can get it for two dollars and two cents. Man, if I could have got the game for two dollars and two cents, I was like, man, you know what? It's worth wasting two bucks to go see how bad that game was. I mean, I've spent more on less. Oh man, though, people are just hammering this game hard. Like I'm just scrolling down the reviews. Yeah, like it's being toted as the worst Battlefield, which sucks because I really, really enjoyed the Battlefield games. Battlefield Three, my brother and I played the absolute hell out of um i think for ps3 i want to say it was for ps3 oh yeah it was for ps3 and then it switched over to ps4 because my ps3 game actually worked in my ps4 but it downloaded everything to the ps4 console so i had to have the ps3 disc in there just so it was like a drm to say you actually own the disc i actually own the game but it actually downloaded everything to the console itself which was pretty cool Oh, well, there we go. It does actually look like my phone was go or my thingamajigger was going off like crazy. I guess I should have put taken off or taken notifications off of mute. Sorry, Joe. Well, I'm actually just going to be finishing up here shortly. Uh, where was I? I was at. Oh, bashing Battlefield 19, or 2042. Really, I'm interested to see how this game goes, though. Like morbid curiosity. Like it can't be that bad, can it? That was released on my birthday. I mean, not my birthday this year. Like, not my actual birthday, because that would have been really weird. If this game was released on my actual birthday 40 years ago, that would be that'd be really creepy. But you know what? Not really much comes out of that day. <laughs> that was really good, so. I mean, like, there were some bombings that happened. Like, there were massacres that happened. Nothing's really good there. All right, so what else we got going on on news? Elden Ring has Jesus now? Okay, I'll bite. Elden Ring has Jesus now. <laughs> I think it's an actual player <laughs> dressed as Jesus Christ. Damn, that actually does look like Jesus Christ, though. Like, the dude's got the robes and everything. That's impressive. That's super impressive. I'll have to post this link with the actual uh, with the actual title of the... Um, or not the title, but the description of the, the show. This dude's doing... What the hell is he doing? I'm so confused now. Oh, no, now he's just wrecking this dude. Oh, Jesus and this dude is... Oh, wow. Yeah, wow, okay. I didn't... Uh, after prayer, Nair, Reddit, and Jesus team up to defeat Satan. There's a dude named Satan. Oh, there is a dude named Satan. Well, would you look at that? Jesus and this dude are fighting Satan. I guess I, I, guess I didn't expect that. Satan's got some badass powers, though. Maybe I should pick up Elden Ring. I haven't picked up Elden Ring. I don't like Souls games that much. I mean, that's the wrong way to say it. I like Souls game. I don't have the patience for Souls game. And I really tote myself as having a lot of patience. And I know I don't have enough patience for a Souls game. I played Demon Souls and God, I played the... I probably got 20 or 30 hours into that game and I just could not, for the life of me, get deep into that game. I just, I, I played, I died, I played, I died, I played, I died. And I just couldn't do it. Uh, and then I picked up, what was it, Bloodborne, which is a Souls-like game. And I loved the ambiance of that. But I just couldn't, like, I, I just kept dying. I kept dying to fucking werewolves. But I guess, you know, werewolves are pretty badass. I mean, at least if you look at them, like, mythically, they are pretty badass. But they've always died some pretty stupid ways. Like, if you ever watched The Howling, they died some pretty dumbass ways in that movie. In every one of those movies, really. And then there was... um well, you know what? Wolver werewolves are pretty badass because if you own the world of darkness, they are like, I mean, they're like the, well, I mean, if you go into any of them, even the Twilight series and shit like that, the werewolves are always like the opposite of vampires and they're like the badass. They're the ones that can take out vampires. 
But in the world of darkness, they are – got their – like the whole culture and stuff behind it is pretty interesting. I like how well, – I guess it's not where I start talking about world of darkness again. I liked how in the world of darkness, they took the mythos of the different supernatural beings such as vampires, werewolves, wraiths, etc., and they kind of gave pl- not plausibility but explanation to it. It's like one of the things is um, like uh, like with vampires, uh, one of the old superstitions were that they couldn't cross moving water, and there you know there's whole logic or story behind it. But one of the big ones, well, one of the one of the big things in the Vampire the Masquerade games was that all of those little kind of quirks were flaws that you could take so your you know your specific vampire maybe could not cross running water so had to be carried or had to figure out a way to get across running water which always made games interesting that's why i always loved about uh about the world of darkness because it was more problem solving and puzzle solving than it was full-on like attacks and fights like there were attacks and fights but it wasn't wasn't like that wasn't the focus of the game and yeah werewolves in there like they had uh they had such a deep lore with the, but the, the so the the vamp- vampires went clan, you know, kind of. Um, when I think clan, I think more like uh, more like you know, Vikings, Anglo Saxons, uh, you know, just like the the more recent type of things. But uh, werewolves, they you know, even though vampires are old, werewolves just seem that much older. Um, they really like when you read the books, they seem much more. You know, they focus on tribes, which makes you really, really feel more of like a, a, an American Indian or African vibe for werewolves. Um, and then you have those bleed overs where, you know, like the gangrels of vampire world, which are they're vampires, but they're really more animalistic. So they, they kind of like bleed in between the werewolf world as well. And one of the one of the gangrels major flaws is when they start to uh, as they age and they start to touch the beach more. They uh they start to look more and more you know animalistic you know they could look depending on what animal they were in tune with they could look more like a wolf or a bat or or pretty much anything a cat wasn't there a new va- um, vampire the masquerade game coming out they had they had a few I guess even look them up as I'm pretty sure I've got them they had a few like <sighs> choose your own adventure is not the right way of putting it. Interactive fiction, maybe not not interactive fiction like Until Dawn or Man of Medan or anything like that. But it was more. God, the only thing that's coming to my mind is those like dating sim app games where you just get dialogue and your character. You know, the anime style or the Japanese style game where you're trying to find somebody to date. Which I probably have a bunch of those too. No, it wasn't Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt was interesting. Not gonna lie, Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt is interesting. I think I only got about an hour and a half in that game, and that was more of a uh, battle royale, but in the masquerade world, it really doesn't fit though. It it just doesn't. I mean, if I played it more, I might get better into it, but it's just it didn't feel like it fit because it was so much like it was just full on like fighting. Like, there was there was wasn't a lot of like I'm hiding from stuff or I'm I'm being being sneaky. Uh, here we go. Vampire quarters of New York and shadows of New York. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be another one out there if there isn't. But there's probably some more. But these were more like, as I said, they were kind of like choose your own adventure. They were, they were fun, very fun. In fact, if you were trying to learn 
If you're trying to learn vampire lore in a much more interactive way, one that didn't involve just sitting down and reading a book, these were definitely a fun way of doing it. They didn't they didn't dive super deep into a lot of things, but they gave you just enough scratching the surface to make it that much more interesting, to make it that the books were much more palatable to get into. There was also a vampire game that was a mobile game that was a that was a choose your own adventure game. And that was very fun. Uh, it's going to kill me if I can't remember the name of that game either. Now I got to find it. I hate life sometimes. Actually, I don't hate life. I hate my memory. This brief interview brought to you by, I don't know, I forgot. Isn't that what we're dealing with now, though? I've completely forgot. All right, where are you? Manage apps. No, that's not going to work. Now I guess this is where I do the old man thing of I complain about um, them changing interfaces. Because it used to be. Oh, here we go. Games. Vampire. Nope. You know, it's really hard to type when your thumb doesn't work, by the way. Which, there's a fun one. I uh, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing. I was, uh, I volunteered at work to be in the dunk tank. Ah, it was Vampire Masquerade Night Road. Very fun. Choose your adventure. Uh, Android app game. You know. Google Play Store game where uh, it dives a lot deeper into you know one clan really, but it dives a lot deeper in and it's a fun way of learning about the vampire world without like having to pick up a, a regular book. More interactive, just you know more palatable, uh, especially for nowadays. But anywho, how I busted up my thumb, um, I was in a dunk tank and I was actually the smart one because it was like sixty three degrees out. Which isn't really that cold. I could have wore shorts and a t-shirt and I probably would have been fine. But for the bit, I went and I wore my, my wetsuit. And it's a 7 mil wetsuit. So it's a, it's a fairly thick wetsuit. It's really meant for like lake diving and stuff up in New York and, and the Finger Lakes area. Uh, but I was in my wetsuit and I go to, you know, I'm in the dunk tank. And I was I was heckling so it's really weird because like I'm in I'm in an environment now where I've got like a boss's boss's boss like that's how many layers there are and my boss's boss's boss has got like three or four bosses above them so anyway so I'm heckling them <laughs> like you do in a dunk tank totally didn't expect anybody to hit it and they nail it like totally nailed it well as I dropped I didn't realize that there were little steps in the actual dunk tank so instinctively when you start to fall your hands drop to your side well my hands dropped to my side and as my hands dropped to my side I didn't realize that there was the the steps right there and my hand just bashed against that step and you would think oh you're falling into water so it's not like it's going to be that bad the water should slow you down it totally should but all of my weight went right down on there and it uh it wrenched my thumb back and I bashed the the meaty part of my hand and as soon as i did it like it was almost immediate oh crap i know what just happened um and my thumb i think is back in place but i still can't move it and it makes it really interesting especially when you're trying to use your phone or whatever i mean okay i say i can't move it i can do like a side to side horizontal motion i just can't bend it down like grip onto things so huh, I went and mowed the lawn today and you don't realize how many times, you know, because everything is like they make everything for right handed people. And I can use my left hand just as well as I can my right hand. But the pull start was on the right hand side of the lawnmower. So, I mean, it's really hard to hold down a switch, you know, the, the bar on top of the lawnmower 
and pull with your left hand when it's a right orientated like pull start. So I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to do this. So I literally just end up like raking it between my uh, my index and, and ring finger and just like yanking this thing back. But every time I yanked the thing back, it just kind of flopped around because like as I pull my arm back, you know, you pull it back kind of like a almost pulled back and up like a pitcher. And it just like slid out of the bottom of my hand because I didn't have a thumb to hold it in place. <laughs> but then uh, I was getting so frustrated because it wasn't starting. Um and I, I found out that it wasn't starting because the blade underneath had had some nylon cord or thread wrapped around it. And that's why it wasn't starting. But the thing that finally made me like get pissed, <laughs> and I don't normally get angry. I'm not really an angry person. Um, but when I do get angry, like I get pissed. And I, I went to go pull it. And as I did, I instinctively tried to clamp my thumb down on it. And as the thing wrenched its way out, it bent my thumb back. And holy hell, did I friggin' yelp out in pain. And I just fucking kicked the lawnmower. And that's when, of course, I realized, wait a minute, what the hell's caught in the damn blade? Because I kicked it and I, you know, I, I, it gave a good, good rotation. And then uh, when it landed, I look underneath and I'm like, holy shit, there's nothing caught in it. <laughs> so I go, I take the blade off. And as I take the blade off, I realize, oh, has anybody sharpened this thing like ever? Not great to know. I don't mow my own lawn all that much. But when I do, you know, I like to make sure it's, it's nice and even and stuff. So I'm looking underneath this thing, and of course I go out with the intent of I'm going to go mow the lawn, figure I'll get in and out, be all done, be happy with life. So I take, I'm taking the lawnmower blade off, looking at that, going, all right, I got to fix that. It took me like probably 10, 15 minutes to cut all this, whatever the hell it was. I think it was like nylon cord. Like, it's the best thing I could think of. But I'm like cutting all this shit off of, uh, of where, the, you know, where the blade spins. And then I took and I sharpened up the blade because, you know, I had the thing off anyways. Might as well sharpen it. Get the thing all sharpened. Go out there. And, th- and and while I'm under there, I'm, like, looking at all this grass and shit. It, like, it's just caked on. It's almost made, like, I'm trying to think. You know, like, when you get, um, you know, we get those, like, peat pods from the store. And they're meant to, like, you know, you're, you're putting your plants and shit in it. But if you if you think of that only, like, eight times as thick, well, that's what was caked on the inside of the lawnmower. And I was trying to like, like, as I'm sitting there trying to put the blade back on, I couldn't get it to sit there level. And I realized it was pressing against the sides where this like peat pot stuff was, was kind of built up. So I, you know, wrench all that off. I get that all cleared up. Finally get the blade back on there and sure as hell pulls starts first time right after that. I'm going, son of a bitch. Like, and I was still all pissed and I still, I actually, I'm still, I'm a little pissed about it because my thumb still hurts. But anyways, I don't know how the hell I got start went on from talking to vampires, talking about vampires, talking to my lawnmower. But anyways, the the uh, the Google Play game, Vampire the Masquerade, Night Road. It's a choose your own adventure. Um, touches like you, they actually touch a lot of the different clans in there. They touch on the Giovanni, La Sombra, Nosferatu's um, in there. Uh, I think you can choose what clan you want to be, but I can't remember. I haven't played in a while think you're limited to a few clans like i don't think you can choose from any clan but i think you're limited to a few i want to say zamitsi or one nah actually you know what take that back i don't think it's zamitsi i think it's torador i think gangrel torador i don't think nosferatu because you find nosferatu when you talk to them but i don't think you i don't think you actually can be them but anyway uh it's fun definitely check it out especially if you want to jump into that world Side note, I think I'm going to be trying to get, uh, I've, I've already asked a couple of people and they seem to be down. I think I'm going to get 
maybe a monthly game going again. Uh, I think I'm going to start off with Vampire this time around, though, because D&D, while it's fun, it's also popular. And I hate being like that guy who's chasing down the popular thing. Uh, and, oh, yeah, I just have always loved Vampire the Masquerade. Because you can set it in any time that you want. I mean, you can set it in uh, medieval times if you want, where Black Plague's going on. You can set it in modern times. You can fucking set it in future times if you want. Um, and I definitely like where they went with the newest edition. I think it's fifth edition. So if you if you if you've ever well okay so if you've never played Vampire the Masquerade, uh, it came out back in like the nineties. I want to say like early nineties or or mid nineties. And I mean they've had several iterations of it. But the biggest one, I think second edition, is where I've really got my meat hooks into it. And that was really focused around the coming of the Second Inquisition. Like there was all these there was all these talks of the Second Inquisition coming. And the first Inquisition happened back in like medieval times where literally people, you know, humans knew about vampires and the church literally just went on a rampage and started killing everybody and vampires went hiding and, and that's where you get where you start off you get into a much more subterfuge game where you're you're living a hidden underground life and you know it's kind of one of those you know about it but you don't know about it you willfully ignore it um that's where vampire the masquerade originally started at least for me and the fifth edition is actually after the second inquisition has already started and happening. So the, I want to say it's the Nosferatu basically just bailed on the Lasombra and Giovanni. And they took, cause the, the Nosferatu ended up being like the, the computer hackers. Like they were the ones that held all the information cause they lived in the shadows. They were horrifically deformed anyway. So there was no real reason for them to go on the light. So they were the classic introverts and they used that time to you know get a, a wealth of uh knowledge and the vampire world knowledge is actually worth more than any money you could possibly get your hands on um knowing things knowing who to talk to knowing who to go to uh exchange of information much more valuable than a bentley or a tractor trailer full of gold bars um and i think the uh i can't so there was they didn't they didn't really like dead set say this is what happened, but they alluded to it on that the Nosferatu set up like they kind of left plants for the for the inquisitors to find the Giovanni. And I you know, so like I want to read more into it, but I also want to make a bunch of it up. But the problem with making a bunch of it up is that if you actually find somebody who has read into it and then all of a sudden they're like, well, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And I go, well, we're in a different universe now. This is my universe, not their universe. And I'm just kind of rolling with it. Um, but I'd like to think that the that the Lissambra kind of like set the Nosferatu up and said, hey, plant this information so that it can find they can find the Giovanni and let's let the Inquisitors take care of our problem. Let, let them take care of the Sabbath because it was always the Camarilla versus the Sabbath. And there was that kind of power struggle where the Camarilla were more about order and not letting humans know who vampires are. And the Sabbath were really more of like the Anarchs and, uh, you know, kind of looking at humans more of cattle than, than uh, you know, than necessarily a threat. Actually, you know, best <laughs> – shit, you know, now that I'm describing that, kind of the best analogy, if you've ever seen the movie Blade, Deacon Frost was the Sabbath. And then uh, all the elders were the Camarilla. Basically how, like, if you really want to break it down there, something you possibly have seen. 
because Deacon Frost was just really dead set on, you know, they're just humans are just cattle. We're going to bring out the blood god and the blood god's going to kill everybody and put us in our rightful place. Uh, but on the flip side, a lot of the Sabbath, a lot of the people who are in the Sabbath, uh, the Giovanni, even the followers of Set were, you know, they were a lot of their elders were not alive during the first inquisition um, or they didn't really have to deal with the first inquisition as, as deeply. So they really were just ignorant of how things rolled and played out. So yeah, blade blade would definitely be like a good kind of analogy. Maybe, you know, maybe we should look back into blade and see where they got some of their, you know, some of their story. Um, what's his face from, you know, maybe they took it from vampire, the masquerade, who knows? Because now that I think more and more about it, it really <laughs> there really are a lot of analogs between the two, and I would probably say that there's there's enough analogs between the two to make it uh, make a case out of it. Interesting. I should I should maybe sit down. Maybe I'll make an article about that about the analogs between Blade, the first Blade with Wesley Snipes, and the Vampire the Masquerade world. Because it really does. There's a lot of them that that really do come across it, like the archives, and uh, oh geez, the the vampiric Bible. That's a direct, a direct thing out of Vampire the Masquerade because it all goes. Cause, okay, so Vampire the Masquerade, there's like the big thing that all all vampires are derived from Cain. You know, Cain and Abel, um, and that's where the whole biblical thing comes into play. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, maybe that's a research paper that I'll do. Something to keep me occupied. Well, I think that's about enough for me sitting here blabbling on and, and talking for. Uh, just randomly about whatever I just kind of poked through on the internet. So, Proxy Fox, if you heard me, not digging the anime character yet. However, I'm going to go watch your feed a little bit more, see if it sticks with me a little bit. Hopefully it does. Probably also throw on Modern Family while I'm doing it. Not going to buy Battlefield 2042. No, just not going to do it. Not going to buy it. Even though I'm looking at it. Nobody said it's going free. All those rumors were disproved now, it seems. Anywho. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe in our favorite podcast app. Reviews help you find the show. So if you enjoyed listening to us, let other people know. You can find us on Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Spreaker, MyTuner, Your Listen, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, all those other places. If we're not someplace, let us know. We'll upload there. We have a partnership with Humble Bundle, which we really haven't sold too much with Humble Bundle, to be perfectly honest. But uh, if you're interested in going checking it out, Humble Bundle is a game purchasing service with a twist. You buy games, but you could also donate to charity simultaneously. So go check it out. Put question mark partner equals GNA podcast at the end of whatever your uh, whatever your thing is. That'll let people know we sent you. Put the slider all the way down to zero, though, because we don't want your money. We just want to know that we sent you there and we made some money for charity. We have a podcast. Of course, we have a podcast. Um, we have a website, www.gnapodcast.com. Go check it out. It's got all of our episodes up there, as well as there's a link over to our Discord. And there's a link with labeled articles that goes over to Microbrew Gamer's website. So you can go check out some of his articles that he's got set up there. Uh, I had delusions of grandeur at one point in time of writing some articles for the website. But, you know, life happens, and there's a lot of it. So we just let it roll. Thanks about it. So have a great night. Huh?